0: Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast,
1: a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon.
0: I'm Himra Chano, pastor of community engagement and stewardship.
1: And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts.
0: Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome.
1: We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities,
0: ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations
1: because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave., our leadership model is non-hierarchical.
0: And we practice an open pulpit
1: where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices
0: from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice. it.
1: Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID 19, has suspended in person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook at Park Ave Baptist. Or our Instagram at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times.
0: Yes, we'll have a reading from Liz, uh, Acts 15,
2: 23 to 29. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Brianna, and I'll be doing the scripture reading this morning. Um, now, hear this scripture. Acts 15 through 29 then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas they sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas leading men among the brothers with the following letter the brothers both the apostles men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay to you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
3: Well, good morning, friends and family. Um, My name is Daniel. I am one of the deacons here. I'm also one of the worship leaders. Um, It is a joy and a privilege for me to get to preach with you this morning. Um, I'm just glad to be here. Uh, We are in the season of Pentecost. Um, Pentecost is kind of the largest season in the church calendar. And if you did not grow up in a liturgical church, you may be like, I don't really know what Pentecost is. Pentecost is this season where we examine the life of God within us, the movement of the spirit that is spreading, that is opening up and widening God's kingdom among us, around us, within us. Like fire, the spirit of God catches. And so that is what we are celebrating in this season of Pentecost. And one of the ways that we can look at the story of the Bible is the story of God getting closer and closer to humans, to creation. We have God kind of over us, God the creator, then we have God with us as savior and then God within us as spirit. And honestly, if the church is really worth anything at all these days, It is taking that spirit within us and using it to reimagine and remake the world in light of the resurrection. The resurrection is moment where all of the weapons of empire could not crush the love of God. It is that kind of undefeatable love that we are carrying with us, within us, when we talk about the spirit. So my message this morning is called Tools for Reimagining the World. And I'm here to let you know, Park Ave and friends, if you are alive and not dead, you have all the tools you need to reimagine the world. I will say it one more time, if you are alive and are not dead, then you have all the tools you need to reimagine the world. If you would um, pray with me, One more time, um, I tend to sing a lot of my prayers these days. So um, hear these words, let them resonate in you and with you as we prepare for this morning's message. I don't know why
4: the angels woke me up this morning soon. And I don't know why the blood still flows through my veins. And I don't know how I rate to run another day, but I am here still running, I believe. And my God calls to me in the morning dew, the power of the universe that knows my name. Gave me a song to sing and send me on my way to raise my voice for justice.
3: I believe. Amen and amen. Those are words from one of my heroes, Dr. Bernice Johnson Regan, and she wrote this word, this these songs, um, as tools to help reimagine the world. So we are gonna begin investigating this morning, what does it look like to reimagine the world? And we start in our biblical text. I wanna start there to kind of root us, give us some context. Also, when you hear um, the words that Brianna read for us this morning, and you don't know what's on the front end and back end of them, they just sound weird. So let's get a little bit of context. In the book of Acts, we see the church expanding. And it is growing to include Gentiles, non-Jewish people, really for the first time. And while that is a beautiful and glorious thing that's happening, it's also confusing. And it takes some wrestling and it grates up against some folks. Judaism by necessity has been an exclusive faith. It is a rich culture and tradition that these people were using to preserve their identity in the face of oppression in the face of marginalization. And yet, with the resurrection and with Pentecost, things are changing. Belonging needs reimagining in this moment. So, this church in Antioch is full of Gentiles. It's doing wonderfully. These folks are so excited about the gospel, about the good news of the kingdom of God coming on earth. And then we've got some folks who come in and say, hey, y'all, listen, unless you get circumcised and unless you follow the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And so the Gentiles are real confused because they're thinking, you know, we've been kind of doing this thing and it's been great, but are there more rules we need to be following? Do we need to, to get circumcised? Like that's not super exciting. The church has to reimagine in this moment what inclusion looks like, who's in. And what I love about this text is, we've got a letter sent from the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem. They send it back to this congregation in Antioch and they say, it seems good to us that you should be a part of the church. It seems good to us is the language that they keep using we are trying something new here and this is what makes sense to us right now finally they say it seems good to us and the holy spirit not to lay any more additional rules on top of you just avoid idols avoid food that has been prepared violently avoid violence in your sexuality and you're good you're in belonging has been reimagined these elders these apostles This church have reimagined the world, and they have widened the entryway to faith. Folks can come in now who were not able to come in before. We are all beneficiaries of this widening, this reimagining that took place. And it's not, almost never in life is there a single permanent right answer that always holds at every situation when things get weird, when things get tricky, when life gets tough, we work together in community to reimagine the world. And we can see within our communities what needs work. Amen? We can look around communities, whether it is globally, and we look at the relationship that we have to the earth and climate change. We can look as a community and say, that needs reimagining. It's gotta be remade. We can't do it how we've been doing it. We can look at our nation and we can look at racial equity and inequity in this country and say this community, this national community has an issue. This needs to be reimagined. We need to do that work together. It can't look like it has anymore. We can look at our justice system and say this ain't justice, y'all. This is not it. We need to reimagine it. But. Since we are alive and not dead, we do in fact have the tools to do that reimagining. We have the spirit within us. These tools exist already within our community. As we are so fond of saying, the answer is in the room. The solution that we need already exists within this community. So this morning, I wanna talk to you about just a few tools that we use to reimagine the world. Like this church in Antioch, we are people who need to use tools to do what seems good to us at the moment in order to reimagine and remake the world. So the first tool that we need to reimagine the world is wisdom. I love the language that these folks use in the text. It seems good to us. That's all wisdom is, y'all. It's like what makes sense to us right now? And wisdom requires humility, right? We could be wrong. We could be making a mistake. We may have to say, sorry, our wisdom has grown from when we made that choice. And yet we use the wisdom of one another. We lean on one another and say, what seems good to us right now to reimagine the situation? The second tool that we need in order to reimagine the world is love. And love is such a word that gets thrown around as to be almost empty these days. You know, you can love chocolate cake and you can love your friend and you can love whom it's like what does love even mean so I want to offer a definition that we can use for love. Um, There is a wonderful older gentleman who has gone on to be with the Lord Dallas Willard we did a lot of studying him in my um, grad school program and he defines love as um, to will and work for the good of another all right so love is a matter of your will and it's a matter of your work it is energy and effort to promote the common good And the wonderful thing about this definition of love, the reason I like it is because you don't have to like somebody to love them according to this definition, right? I can think somebody is the pits, just the most obnoxious. And yet I can lend my energy and my effort to promoting their good, their highest good, even if I don't see eye to eye. That's how we can love our neighbors. And it's how we can love our enemies because we have been instructed to do both. If you take Jesus seriously, then that word to love your enemies means we can promote the good of someone even when they are set apart or opposed to our good. And I don't know about you, but I know what it feels like to disagree with somebody about what is good for me, right? That's why love is complicated and it's messy and it requires listening. In the same way that wisdom requires humility Love requires listening. We have to involve people in conversations when we want to do good for them. The church in Jerusalem, the elders had to listen to the Antiochians. They had to say, this church in Antioch, they're doing something here. We need to pay attention. Let's listen to them as we try to lend our energy towards their good. And the third tool that it takes for us to reimagine the world in the spirit of Pentecost, right? As we take this resurrection power, this love that cannot be crushed by empire into the world, the third tool it takes is grace. Grace is so much more than just forgiveness for sin. A lot of us heard the word grace bandied about as this kind of unmerited favor and forgiveness. And I just wanna take it a step forward and say, Grace is that gift that comes from God knows where that enables you to do more than you are able to do on your own. Anyone who has ever marched for justice, been beaten over the head for it and then gotten back up knows grace. Any teacher who has worked with a student that just feels impossible to reach because they are buried under layer upon layer of trauma knows grace. To keep on loving a family member whose addiction is destroying their life and yours requires grace. Grace is bigger than ourselves. It comes from beyond. We find it together. That is why we are leaning on each other and we are finding the answers in the room of this community when we look, when we seek to reimagine the world. It takes the wisdom of all of us. It takes the love between us. It takes the grace that springs up from who knows where and makes it possible to do and be more than we can on our own. So, I want to give just a couple of examples of what this reimagining looks like. What am I talking about when I say reimagine the world? We've already seen what it looked like in Acts as the church has to wrestle with it. But I just wanna give a couple more examples of what this looks like when communities work together to reimagine what the world can look like. The first one I wanna tell you about is what's called positive discipline. So as many of you know, I've been a teacher for the last five and a half years. When I started teaching, I was introduced to this thing called positive discipline. Positive discipline did not exist when I was a kid. When I was a kid, if you did something wrong, if you misbehaved, you were punished. Right. There was some sort of punishment doled out and depending on what kind of school you went to, you might get paddled, you might have time out, you might have ISS. But it was always this very punitive response that didn't really feel like it matched the behavior, the misbehavior. So positive discipline. Is all about looking at a student who is acting out and saying, what are the unmet needs for this kid that are producing this behavior? Are they looking for attention? Are they feeling embarrassed because they don't understand the content and they would rather be bad than be dumb? Are they tired because they live in a place where it's not safe for them to sleep? What are the unmet needs that this kid is experiencing that we can seek to meet? That way there are less behavioral issues. That way they don't arise as often. And we look for natural consequences if misbehavior does happen. If somebody breaks something, it's not a natural consequence for them to then be in timeout and sit in isolation for an extended period of time. The natural consequence is to replace the thing that got broken. And so this for me was like eye-opening. And there were moments where I was like, this doesn't work, this is dumb. I'm about to just give this kid detention. But also if you work with it, if you wrestle, if you invest, This is a different way of thinking about behavior and consequences in the classroom. This was just one way that I saw something reimagined that I had no concept for. I could not have come up with this on my own. It takes a community to re-envision what it should look like. Another example at a bigger level, you may or may not know that some years ago, Portugal had a terrible drug problem. They were seeing spikes in drug use, and they decided it's not working for us to throw these folks in jail. It is not working to treat this like a crime, like a crime issue. We are going to instead see what will happen if we treat this as a health issue. If we look at these people and we gather a panel of social workers and drug experts and medical professionals and offer them treatment instead of punishment for addiction and so, Portugal decriminalized drug use and has begun offering this health model treatment to folks and have seen enormous change in their country. There are less folks using illegal drugs and there are less people who are in like dangerous and risky situations because it's not illegal to be addicted anymore. It's treated as a health issue. They reimagined as a whole country what it could look like to respond to drugs in their country. Instead of having a war on drugs, this kind of violent metaphor, they began to look at it as a health issue. I also want to just offer up an example of our church deciding to come back together in person. This is something where we put our heads together, deacons and staff and members of our congregation said, it seems good to us and to the God in us right now, To make a plan for us to be together inside again. Now will we have to use our wisdom and our love and grace to do it well? Absolutely. Are we going to make some mistakes along the way? Probably. That's how this thing works and yet it is what seems good to us at this time. Pentecost reminds us that the work of Jesus is not done by just one person walking around first century Palestine anymore. But each of us is tasked to reimagine and remake the world right where we are in our own context. That can be as small as how you respond to a child in a classroom. It can be as big as re-envisioning a nationwide problem and how to solve it. I just wanna come back to the poem that Liz read for us at the beginning of our time as Kingfishers Catch Fire by Gerard Manley Hopkins, who was a queer poet um, whom I love, but his poems are real dense and they don't always make sense at your first reading. So the beginning of that poem is about how Kingfishers, these little birds, look like they burst into flame when they fly and dragonflies wings gather up fire and reflect the light also and stones when you throw them into a well make their sound as do strings when you pluck them and bells when they ring. Everything is basically singing forth itself. That's what the first half of the poem is about. We are all declaring and pouring out ourselves into the world. But more than that, the second half of the poem is about how our communities pool our individual gifts to reimagine and reshape the world Hopkins writes, in the spirit of Pentecost, Christ is not in just one place. Christ plays in 10,000 places, through us, in us. And that is what Pentecost is all about. So I invite you to open your eyes. Look around your communities. What needs remaking? Where can you bring the wisdom and the love and the grace of Christ to play in all of these places? Because all of the weapons of empire cannot defeat the love of God. If you are alive and not dead, you have all the tools you need. So pick them up and reimagine the world, amen.
1: Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish.
0: We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street.
1: To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavbaptist.com
0: Now go into a world that is too often unjust.
1: Knowing that the God that created you loves
0: you and empowers you to love boldly, Live inclusively.
1: And serve creatively.